dangerously close. Shame. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard you the first time, dickheads. Oh, hey, what's up? It's me, Doug, host of my Views Are My Own podcast. I didn't see you there. I'm having to do a naked shame walk through the uh, medieval town because all these medieval people are pissed. And you know what? I didn't even do anything wrong. Joke's on them anyway, though, because I've got all kinds of green fire. You don't need to know about that. What I do need you to know about is how much it would mean to me if you went and you left a five-star review on your podcast app. And by review, I actually meant rating. And by review, I mean, please leave a nice review where you type something nice. Like, hey, I like this podcast. Doug shouldn't have to do a naked shame walk. That's fucked up. Uh, That would mean so much to me. And you know what, guys? If you don't do it, I won't be mad. I'll just be disappointed. Anyway, enjoy the episode. (laughs) My guest today is Ellie Krimendahl. Ellie is a Brooklyn-based writer and comedian. She's the creator and host of Shame Spiral Podcast. A contributor for satire publication, Humor Darling, and Romper. Has been featured in Funny or Die and performed stand-up in New York City. Ellie was in a 2022 Lambda Literary Fellow in Screenwriting. Oh, wait. I think I said that really weird. She was. (laughs) You were a fellow. I was a fellow. you You were not in a fellow. And a 2021 resident comedy artist at Ars Nova? Yeah. Did I say that? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm do- I'm I'm killing it on this intro. This is I'm great. So, so far so good. It's so vulnerable. I love it. <laughs> Ellie regularly posts original jokes and sketches on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram with content about mental health, parenting, sobriety, queerness, and existential angst. What more could you want? Ellie goes viral more often than is good for her, to be honest. And, uh, man, we really appreciate honesty here because uh, <laughs> I will say that I am honored and delighted to have you on the podcast. What's up, Ellie? Nothing. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So, like I was just saying right before we started recording, and then I figured I should hit record so everyone can be in on <laughs> what the what today's topic is. Uh, I watch your videos. I listen to your podcast. And I have determined that you are a wise and discerning guest. And that's why I've decided it is time for a new episode of Is It Lit? Uh, Okay. We don't do Is It Lit very often on this podcast. Uh, It's only for very special guests whose opinion I highly respect and believe can shine some light. Because you know what? In society right now, uh, technology, culture is changing so fast. I don't know what's lit anymore half the time. You Mm -hmm. know, and then sometimes people at home, people listening right now, they might be like, what I'm doing right now, is it lit? Or like the people around me, what they're involved in, is that lit? Like, or is it not? And even more difficult to answer. And this is really where you come in, you know, as host of the Shame Spiral podcast. There's another question. There's another end of the spectrum. And that question is, should they be ashamed of themselves for what they have? Uh, but like I said, it's a spectrum. So we'll uh we'll explore the gray area between you know things that are obviously lit and things that are obviously shameful (laughs) okay gotcha (laughs) so it's not Uh, just is it lit or is it not great it's like is it lit or should you be sort of suffering for your enjoyment of said thing yes or you know uh having listened to your podcast i know obviously shame is not something that you want to cultivate in your life, but no. I'm sure that the, <laughs> I'm sure you could. Uh, I'm actually I'm not sure. I don't know you that well, but I I would guess that you would agree with me that there are some things that people have done where you'd be like, no, shame is the appropriate feeling for that uh, action. Yeah. <laughs> I've been I've been thinking about that a lot lately. That you know there there are many things we feel ashamed of that we shouldn't. You know that we don't deserve that, but that sometimes 
it's like we all fuck up. Sometimes we do things and shame or guilt is an appropriate response. It's like that's kind it can be a tool for your own learning. Like, yeah, that feels bad because it wasn't a great choice. You know, I'm actually I'm going to admit something to you since we're talking about being vulnerable. And also, I know that you uh, were a psychotherapist. And so you've had probably a lot of people admit things to you. Yeah. Uh, sometimes like shit will just bother me forever but but shame like feeling like feeling ashamed of something uh this is so long ago this is like 15 years ago it was so long ago i was i got really drunk and i was at a restaurant at the beach and i was rude to a server and i never got over it I, it bothers oh. me to this day every once in a while i'll think about it i'm like you know that was so fucking uncool uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, uh, you know, and no, i bet ahead. you never did it again well, no. And also, I mean, like I have been a server and I've worked, yeah, you know, too. I've worked in a lot of like service industry shit and I've had people be so rude to me and, you know, hopefully maybe just karmically all the shit I've taken has paid off for that once. I, I You know what it was? I wasn't trying to be mean spirited or anything like that. It's just, I was just, uh, I was just trying to have a good time, but I was just being a little too much of a Yahoo you know what I mean? Rowdy boy. And it just came out. It came across fucking wrong and it came across rude. And I feel shame. <laughs> yeah. I think you can probably forgive yourself for that at this point. Like you have punished yourself enough to have been carrying it around for 15 years. <laughs> yeah. I'd, well, it's weird because I've probably done worse things, but that's one of the things that stands yeah. out. But, uh, you know, uh, I, that. I guess what maybe what you just said, though, the the value of shame there is that like, you know, I'm gonna think twice before the next time I yeah, you know, am rude to someone who's at work. <laughs> oh my god, totally, totally. Oh. So, uh, moving into things people might feel, you know, be should be ashamed of or should be totally stoked on because it's lit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way we're gonna do this one is I'm gonna just, uh, you know, like I said, things in culture and society moving so fast. I don't know what's going on anymore. I've got to ask you, and you might say, "Hell yeah, that's lit," or you might say they should be ashamed of themselves. And I figured in order to really kick this off, I thought I would start with one of the most divisive uh, questions I'm going to ask you for the entire podcast. And the one that no matter what you say or what side you take, people will disagree with you or get their feelings hurt. So, <laughs> Oh no. There's, there's basically what you're going to have is you're going to have either people that are up on a high horse ethically that are going to think that uh, you're wrong. Or you're going to have people that will be like, hey, man, I'm just trying to have a good time. This is just silly fun. Leave me the fuck alone. That's Those are my guesses for audience reactions. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm filled with dread, but I'm ready. <laughs> Sorry, I got to have to like regain my composure after okay. saying all that nonsense to you. I'm like, I'm like sitting here. I'm like, tread lightly. <laughs> this is so fucking stupid. All right. <laughs> AI generated art. Everybody's doing it. It's so easy. All you do is upload photos of yourself and you get back a bunch of illustrations that make you look like you're in Star Wars or Game of Thrones or whatever. And people love it. But the question is, is it lit or should they be ashamed of themselves? Okay. I would say it is not lit. It is not lit, folks, because, okay, and it's it's so funny how you're sort of presenting me as someone whose opinion matters because I don't feel it does. <laughs> like, I it don't ma- feel like it matters to me. On any- okay, I'll take, I can take that. I can receive that. But I have not read as many articles as I feel like I would have liked to about this whole AI art thing and the controversy surrounding it. From what I've gleaned, it seems like it's pretty certain that they are ripping off of actual human artists, in which case, to me, that's like a clear it's 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 bad. It's not lit at all. Um, it's a fire that should be extinguished. That I is... can say they should be ashamed of themselves. <laughs> I just cannot bring myself to say it because I don't think that they should. I don't think that's enough to feel shame. I think they should yeah. feel guilty, which is different, different than shame. There's a key difference between guilt and shame. And that that's the thing, too, is uh, it's hard, It's very hard to say, like, you should be ashamed of yourself because 90 percent of the people I know have done have used the AI generator to be like, 
oh, I want to see what I look like if I was in a spaceship, you know, with a cool, if I was in Dune or, you know, yeah. whatever. So, yeah. I mean, it's got to be, so, it's so tempting. I, you know, I had not to be like, oh, oh, I haven't done it. It's just, I haven't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> but also, yeah. uh, I know a lot of people that uh, write sci-fi and I'm not so, I'm not so familiar with a lot, so many illustrators, but a lot of, uh, authors that I know are saying that it's tough out here for the illustrators because of all this AI generated art that is essentially aggregating and repurposing human created art. And it's kind of, and it's unpaid. So it's fucked up. Yeah, it is fucked up. And it's not like it's easy to get paid as an artist. It's like, it's not like you're stealing from the Applebee's corporation. You know what I mean? It's not that I, I don't know why I said Applebee's like, I don't know that they're doing that well, actually, maybe they are, but um, (laughs) it's just, yeah, it's just it's that in context of the larger circumstance in which artists are like severely undervalued and underpaid and often asked to work for free for like exposure. It's like, do we really need to yeah. rip them off any further? I don't think so. I've, I had that experience even as a musician, which is something that gets actually much easier to get paid as because you're drawing an audience who's going to be drinking at your at the bar at the play, you know. Yeah, but I've, I have had people be like try to get me to play a show for free because oh, yeah. it'll get my name out there. And I'm like, dude, I can get my own fucking name out there. I don't need to come. Sometimes I do it just because I want to, because I wanted the attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's different. Then that's like your choice. You you have some agency in that choice. You're kind of like, I'm choosing that this is worth it for me. But the norm of asking folks to do that is so sick and just needs to die. Oh, uh, I want to backtrack one second yeah, yeah. before before we move on to the next one. Oh, uh, let's go ahead and just uh, call it. Sorry, guys, it's not lit. However, it's not shameful. So you're somewhere in that gray zone. Make your own decisions. <laughs> you know what, though? You know what? Okay. I think that if you do it and then you're like, you didn't know. And then like a lot of people did it and then found out. And yeah. then you kind of continue to do it because you're like, fuck small artists yeah that is a little shameful I, th- I feel like if you do it and then you found out and then you're like oh i'm not gonna do that again that's yeah. respectable <laughs> yeah. okay so like, yeah there might, there might be a little shame in your game if if you know if you're downright know who you're hurting while you do it yeah uh, yeah well yeah when you uh when you a little while ago you said something about uh your opinion not and necessarily mattering and i said it matters to me and uh the thing about i was listening to your podcast episode one you had a big movie star on and i mm-hmm. guess you guys are also uh good friends that's what it seemed like to me uh amanda seafried yeah uh, and i was like oh cool because jennifer's body was like one of my favorite movies uh me when that came out. too uh and her saying that she has anxiety i was like a movie star with anxiety i love that because it's validating you know it's <laughs> so great I, I was like i was just so uh I really admire her willingness to put herself out there as a real person with things that she struggles with, like to have that level of platform and use it that way to make people feel less alone and less ashamed about what they're struggling with, especially like OCD and intrusive thoughts, because there's so much silence around that because the intrusive thoughts are often really awful and people are afraid to talk about them. So, um, yeah, I thought that was super cool that she was like so real about it. That was the second thing I was going to bring up because, you know, anxiety might be something I feel like more and more people are realizing everyone's got some level of anxiety. You know, it's like an epidemic. But the intrusive thoughts thing, I thought that was cool. I've heard the term a whole bunch of times on your podcast. I think it was the most I've ever really heard people speak in depth about what it actually means. And I was like, oh, I have intrusive thoughts like i just maybe had never put mm. a term to it like if yeah. i'm on an air- airplane like i'm like when we're taking off i'm like i wonder what it would feel like to fall from here like <laughs> like i wonder oh, what yeah. it would feel like to fall from here or mm-hmm. if i'm surfing i'm like i'm like there's definitely a shark underneath me like <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it's just cool listening to you guys talk and like parse it out and you know it's uh it's great so but moving on, we got to find out what's lit. Yeah. Okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> intrusive thoughts, not lit. However, intrusive it's thoughts. not your fault. <laughs> intrusive thoughts, not lit. And they're going to take some time to work on to get rid of. But also, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but they're not shameful either. So yeah. No, okay. not at all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right. 
What's up, health nuts? This one's for you. Perineum sunning, or as it's known in my house, butthole tanning. And let's face it, who doesn't want to feel some warm sunlight and vitamin D absorption between their yoni and muscular sphincter? But the real question is, Ellie, is it lit? Or should they be ashamed of themselves? Okay, I feel like you just said so many words, and I have no idea what you're talking about. What? What? You heard, you, uh, we might. I think we run in different circles, Ellie. Uh, I'm sure we do now. <laughs> what? What? Break it down for me, and then I'll give you my opinion. Also, once again, I guarantee you that I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say there are definitely listeners to my Views Around podcast that do perennium sunning. And guys, I'm not trying to shame you. It's just a question. Uh, perennium sunning? So for a boy, a perineum is the area between your testicles and your anus. And for a girl, it would be between your vagina and your anus. That's your, your perineum. And there's okay. a lot of uh, a lot of influencers out there saying, go out in the sun, lay on your back, spread your legs. Get some sunlight in there. Okay. <laughs> okay. And let me just insert myself and my own perspective in just to add to what you just said. Yes, some boys, some girls, that's the case. Also, like people of all genders could have, you know, between the balls or whatever the but like it's oh, not yeah. just I just can't I can't be silent around the kind of like gendered description that you just gave. Okay, I read. I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't want to use the word retract. Uh, you don't have to there, retract. Uh, uh, I just. I, yeah. I just can't. I can't. I have to say something because I would shame spiral if I didn't. So I'm. This is oh, part yeah. of what I've learned is like I'm like, okay. Um, because some people like some trans folks could be listening and yeah. be like, oh man, like you know, it's not like all that's true for all boys or all girls. Like you know, there's different folks of different genders that that's not true for their bodies you know so yes yes i and I, I, I didn't mean to like super gender this i was i was just trying to trying to get at more of what the perineum was i hear uh, you <laughs> i'm just a listen i'm a queer pain in the ass and i own that and i also just have to i've got to do it <laughs> but no shame no shame um here is what i think i feel like whatever do what you want if you want to put some sun on that perennium sure i don't care yeah light Great. it up light, light it, it up. up why not sounds like it's lit <laughs> i i think so i feel like i'm in full support of people doing whatever they want to their bodies that feels good if it's not hurting anybody else i would never i would never stand in contempt of that it sounds like, kind of cool why not yeah. i feel like the the worst case scenario you're really looking at here is possibly sunburning a sensitive part of your body but mm. you know that's that's not whatever it's not i've i've sunburned my face a million times you know so like yeah it's a, it's a sunburn you might have some discomfort sitting for a while it'll go away i'm gonna go ahead and roll with you on that this sounds like this might be at the very least it's not it might be lit i don't know it might be <laughs> I guess you never know unless you try it. Let me ask you this. I have two questions about this. Yeah. Okay. One is like, what is the intended effect? Like, like more uh, specifically, like, like why are people saying that that's good for your perineum to like get that vitamin D? Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say, this is where I'm going to, this is I'll, where I'll start to sound critical of it. That's even okay. though, we, even though we just said that it's lit or whatever, but, uh, People do make, I think, a lot of very unfounded claims about what happens when you sun your perineum as though like you absorb more vitamin D that way than you possibly could through any other area of skin in your body. That, oh. of course, is uh, medical nonsense. Uh, there's a, another thing, too, and this is moving into the manosphere. I don't know if you're familiar with those fellas. They're, they're, not, a, they're not a great bunch of guys. Mm -mm. Uh, the most famous uh, manosphere fella would be Tucker Carlson. Uh, oh, okay. He came out with a documentary on masculinity, which is, uh, you know, there's no really other way to say it other than that it's just a fucked up ass documentary that he made. But one of the things that he suggests is testicle tanning and that it supposedly raises your testosterone and it does all kinds of shit. It doesn't do. You can't. And also the, they're, they're talking about like tanning your testicles, like with a tanning bed, which is not, <laughs> they're not even like using sunlight. Yeah. So you do have you do have a lot of 
unsavory characters in the perineum sunning community. Okay, I but, see that. but not all. I think I think what you get, you get you know what you get you get a lot of people with you know tribal tattoos on their face, kind of dreadlock look type folks okay. are doing it. You know, like, like the, yeah, like okay. people that are cool, like you know, people that'll you know might want to sell you a crystal. Okay, and gotcha. Okay, I gen- I generally get along with those kind of people very well. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, the the manosphere guys, I typically get along with not at all. Yeah, so. I'm certainly gonna look this up after we finish recording because I've never heard of it at all. I'm fascinated by like where people do it like in a way i'm like is it a little like classist because do you need like your own private backyard to like go lie Um, down and like spread eagle about it or can you just are people going to like the woods or the beach alone i wish that i could off the top of my head just give you some hashtags that you could because you could easily just go search this on instagram uh but i would guess that's what like earlier when i said yoni and things like that like yoni you know, that's right like, that's like people that like to use the word yoni they're going to be more likely to be the kind of people that are going to do no offense people that like to use the word yoni i i use the word it's my favorite word but Is uh it? no i'm just fucking kidding okay good good i mean whatever no, but... again no judgment but i can't with that word i don't i don't judge people who use it but i do not like it it doesn't would be wild right. to, to have a favorite word period but yeah yeah uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly, I would guess search hashtag perineum tanning uh, or perineum sunning. Uh, I don't know, anal tanning. Basically, what what I think people do a lot of is like go out to like Sedona, you know, get out okay. there where there's not a lot of people and just pull their pants off and get on their back and kind of do like, you know, happy baby pose in yoga. Yeah, that's how you do it. Okay, so it is maybe like a little classist then. Like if you're like packing up and going to Sedona, like if it's like, is it more like like trust yeah. fund hippies, that kind of thing? Well, yeah, <laughs> uh, you're, I, I do see what you're saying about the classist aspect of it because you do have to be able to travel. Uh, if you're in like a, especially, you know, like an inner city type area and it's very hard for you to get out and get out, to, like especially to wilderness that's remote, you're not gonna be able yeah. to just do that where you live because right. you know, like you will get arrested instantly. So. Right. And not <laughs> yeah. only do you have to travel, you have to be like, I'm going to travel specifically to attend to my perennium. It's like so niche and it's, it's just a luxury, it's a luxury activity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, man, not, not all new age hippie folk have money. No, and, I know. You're right. And also, right. I mean, like, if you live somewhere like where I, I, I live in Nashville, it's a city. Oh, okay. And, and you, but the thing is, you don't have to go that far to get to the woods. No, or, that's so true. And then if you got to a clearing, like, I bet right now, if I was like, well, it's a little bit rainy today, but if it, if today was a sunny day and I was like, I got to sun my perennial, that's what I was like, this is my, you know, today's mission. I feel like I could find a place. I think in 20 minutes, I could find a place secluded enough to uh, happy baby pose in the sun. And, you know, I've heard it only takes like nine minutes of sunlight to your perineum to achieve the same amount of vitamin D as an entire day of full body sunlight. Like it's just a very porous uh, organ or whatever. I don't even know what the perineum is. Is it like a muscle? Is it just skin? Well, the thing that I just told you. Although I I have heard it, that's a lie. There's no fucking way that you absorb more oh, right, vitamin right, right. D. Oh, but what do they believe? Yeah, they must believe that it's. I think they believe it's magic. I mean, obviously. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, this is all very uh, enriching to learn about. And you're right. You're right about the like proximity to um, aloneness and nature. Like I'm in Brooklyn, so it's hard for me to imagine. But you're right. Like I used to live in the Bay Area. And in, like in the middle of the of San Francisco, very dense, highly populated. But I could like if I like get in a car and drive like 25 minutes and definitely find somewhere where I could do that. And there would probably a, yeah. be like 50 other people doing it because it's <laughs> yeah, the Bay Area. But yeah, you know, I uh, I don't want to go off track because I do want to get back to yeah, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. funny. I was lit, but I did want to say it's actually incredible because, yeah, San Francisco is a very dense city but it seems like it's so easy to just get like to some like pretty like really 
like solitary areas and things that like you think you would think everyone would be there. Like last time I was in San Francisco, I walked over to the Golden Gate Bridge and I walked up this uh, stairway. I call yeah. it my happy place when I'm there. It's just this fucking stairway. It's beautiful. It's like manicured flowers, all this stuff. You get mm-hmm. to the top and you can look out across the entire bay. It's like this incredible view. And I was just sitting there and it's just like me and my buddy and like yeah. nobody. I was like, what are you people doing? I guess they're all doing hedge funds or whatever you have to do to live in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, it's not affordable at all. <laughs> all right, Ellie, moving on. Okay. The Supreme Court. Is it lit or should they be ashamed of themselves? Oh, my God. I feel like I, I mean, keep putting you in the spot. I mean, some of them are lit and I think some of them should feel very ashamed of themselves. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like a like staunch progressive. So I just think like basically I just stand in contempt of all of the conservative justices. And I think that what they're doing is reprehensible and disgusting and like anti-human you know like they i i have so much rage toward them and even like the more liberal justices it's not that i think they're perfect at all but i don't think that they're like doing the the degree of harm that the conservative justices are doing so can we go with ashamed or ashamed well no i think it i i well, think yeah the, we got that brand new we got the brand new ju- we got uh katanji the brand new justice yeah who, who knows what but the thing is i mean like it's uh they're out they're outnumbered by a bunch of fucking li- religious lunatics so i know i think i think the best thing to do would be to turn the supreme court into a like a food court you know just <laughs> that could be like a tourist attraction for washington dc oh god <laughs> yeah i i'm just gonna say i i along openly along party partisan lines i think that the conservative justices should be ashamed of themselves and i think yeah. the more liberal justices are like imperfect they're trying some of them especially are like doing a good job and i appreciate them i don't think they should feel ashamed i feel bad for them for the situation that they're in actually but yeah i have no shame about saying that uh the other folks some yeah. in particular should oh, yeah. be de- deeply ashamed. Yeah, uh, I can think of uh, three or four off the top of my head that I I believe should be put into a dungeon to where, oh, they, yeah. <laughs> where they can oh, think about yeah. what they've done. Kavanaugh, <laughs> don't. Oof, I still wake up sometimes in just a hot rage about Kavanaugh. And it, I mean, it's, yeah, it's the kind of thing you just stay mad about. It's just like, what the fuck? How? It's, you know, it, it, when we talk about like things that are shameful, it's like the people that pushed him through and let him be on the Supreme Court, like every single person involved in that from top to the bottom, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> and you're yeah. not lit and you'll never be lit. <laughs> yeah. And he's not the only bad one. It's no, like no. psychopaths. Ugh. Well, I knew that was a, a loaded one. I didn't even know if I should have put it in there, but no, it's fine. I'm just, you... it makes me so angry. Just thinking about that makes me feel so angry. <laughs> um, how about let's move on to a happier one. All right. So it's, okay. Dolly Parton this, Dolly Parton that. Seems like these days, all you hear is Dolly Parton should be the president. Dolly Parton should be my mom. She should run the economy. And let's face it. Who doesn't want to take a wholesome vacation to Dollywood at least once in their lives? But the real question is, being a Dolly Parton stan, is it lit or should they be ashamed of themselves? Oh, my God. It's so lit. It's so just unequivocally lit. Dolly Parton. I cannot find a fault with her. She is perfection embodied. I guess I'm a Dolly Parton fan. I mean, but you know what? I'm not even like a huge fan. Like, I'll listen to her music once in a while. But her whole thing, like just like the wholeness of who she is, I'm yeah. just on board. What Dolly about Parton you? What do you is think? a fucking lit person. Well, uh, co-producer Bill of this podcast actually works for Dolly Parton. So oh. uh, I actually, you know, I have little skin in the game because, you know, uh, he's he's not here very often. He comes occasionally and we do like movie reviews. And if you ever hear an episode of my views from my own, that sounds particularly good. That's because he was <laughs> involved, but he does, uh, he's an audio engineer and he works for, for Dolly Parton. Oh, he, works cool, for, cool. he works for a lot of people. He works for like Reba McIntyre and all kinds of people. He makes a lot of like uh, Hallmark films here in Nashville and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then a ton, ton of cool stuff on his own. 
Sorry, Bill. I don't mean to act like you only do work for other people. He also has a thing he's doing for like trauma and all kinds of shit. But anyway, he he works for Dolly and he's just like, yeah, she's fucking lit as fuck. She's like the coolest person to work for. And then, of course, everybody just knows what she, you know, does as a public figure. So, yeah, she's the best. Yeah, that was an easy one, I guess. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't imagine if someone said not lit, I would just be like a gape and also really curious as to how they were coming to that. Like what happened to you that you feel that way? <laughs> That's what would come up for me. So I could be entirely wrong about this. And I don't know if you know the answer either, but if you do correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that so like whenever Jeff Bezos just realized he's mortal or whatever the fuck happened to him recently. And he said, he's going to give a bunch of money away. Like, a ton of it mm-hmm. isn't I heard something along the lines that like Dolly Parton is going to be the steward of that money is that correct I have no idea that's the okay. first I'm hearing of this oh man I should have googled that before I said that on this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't I don't know either I you know I hear so I'm just always around people and people are always talking and I don't always fact check anything people say to me so hey guys at home I might have just straight up just said some completely outlandish, untrue shit. So, <laughs> but, that it, but would if it be is true, great, that'd though. Be amazing. I, I feel like she would do good stuff with the money better than he is doing. Yeah. I mean, what is he even doing with it? He's just like making people hoarding it. He's just yeah, hoarding he's... it. Yeah. He is a nightmare. Of a I just, just recently watched. Uh, have you ever seen The Hobbit? The movie. Um, okay. Yes, but like a long, long time ago. I mean, it's, you don't have to. You don't have to be really the ins and outs of the movie. It's just you have to just remember the dragon. His name okay. Smau- Smaug. The, de- mm-hmm. the desolation okay, of okay. Smaug. And mm-hmm. I was watching the movie, and Smaug is like his whole thing is he loves treasure. He doesn't spend treasure. Smaug doesn't uh, interact in commerce. He's not part of the economy of Middle Earth. He literally just goes and he hoards all of the treasure so that no one else can have it. He doesn't like do anything with it though. It's just, mm-hmm. it's his and he's extremely narcissistic. That is the entire thing with this dragon fucking is. And I was like, dude, this like, this is the perfect allegory for yeah. Elon Musk, uh, the fucking, the Walmart family, Rupert yeah. Murdoch, like all these people, they're like a dragon, mm-hmm. you know? So, what so, are they even doing with it? Who needs that much money? There's not it's, it's just to pass it down to keep generational wealth going. But like you could keep your generational wealth going so easily and give so much of that money away to change things in a radical form. It's like, but it doesn't, it's it's I don't I don't know like how that happens in people's brains. I mean, that makes called, it seem like they have to hoard it all <laughs> like that. I learned from uh, the Hobbit what it's called. It's called what? drag dragon sickness, mm. <laughs> or and at what? least that's what happens to uh, Thorin Oakenshield, the king of the dwarves. He gets uh, dragon sickness because the dragon had uh, laid on the gold too long. So if you get too close to it, it fucks you up and it makes you like a dragon. So mm. I think Elon Elon might have dragon sickness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I suggest, and I mean, I don't, I'm not suggesting violence, obviously. I'm just saying that moving forward, anybody who is able to steal the treasure of a billionaire should be hailed as a dragon slayer and, uh, uh, like applauded by society. That's my, that's my take. (laughs) I love it. I'm on board for that. Did we ever figure out what was lit? Oh, Dolly Parton is lit. Okay, cool. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into some, uh, Let's go back into some murky waters, if you don't mind. Okay, okay. (laughs) I'm ready. Okay, fashionistas, this one's for you. Fashion designer Balenciaga created a a real kerfuffle when they released an ad campaign apparently designed to make a QAnon person go crazy and shoot up one of their stores. And let's face it, who doesn't want some exquisitely crafted... I want to say they make slippers uh, or handbags, maybe... It doesn't matter. The real question, Balenciaga's marketing department, is it lit or should they be ashamed of themselves? Okay, I need a little more clarification. So what did they do? QAnon related? 
Oh, you don't know the Balenciaga scandal that's popping no. right now? You don't know okay, the pop of Balenciaga? I have, to I have to tell you, I'm, <laughs> I've been in like a, I'm going to tell you the absolute truth, which is that for the first time in my adult life, my partner and I have decided to like stop raw dogging our finances and like have a budget. And mm -hmm. we just deleted like all these apps, like because we realized we were spending so much money on these like monthly. OK, so like my point is that I deleted my news app from my phone just temporarily. And I'm trying to like stay up to date on the news, like on my laptop, but it's not going that well. I haven't figured out a solution yet. So I do feel like I'm in the dark about a few things in a way that I'm not usually. OK, well, then, honestly, I I went into this believing you would know more about the Balenciaga thing than I do. No. Uh, just because like you seem kind of more like with it than me in certain ways, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I can, I can give you like a quick overview, but I can't give, me give a you quick a quick overview. A, yeah. I can't give you a ton and ton of detail. That's okay. Basically uh, Balenciaga created uh, an ad campaign. Uh, the photographer did a bunch of like weird imagery and shit. That's like in the, in the photographs it's in the, uh, in the marketing uh, campaign that suggests that uh, Balenciaga does human trafficking or, or child sex trafficking. And that's like, or that's how it's been interpreted by, you know, the QAnon set people that are like that. Uh, it seems to be the, the, the common uh, consensus among a lot of people right now seems to be that people believe Balenciaga did it on purpose so that, like, for instance, right now, I'm talking to you about it on a, on a podcast because Balenciaga was like, hey, what if we what if we put a bunch of fucked up imagery in our in our uh, in our ads? What if we get all these people riled up? What if we get QAnon claiming that we are doing bl child blood sacrifice and selling children and, and, and we're part of the Epstein thing? And so so perhaps this is a calculated marketing strategy to be like, hey. Let's do some shit. Let's get the the right wing nuts riled up. They don't buy our clothing anyway, probably. And we'll be on the front page of the news. We'll be all because they're all over the place. People, everyone's talking about it. What is the imagery? Um, would you like me to Google? Yeah. Okay. I believe it was something like there's, I heard there was one thing where there was uh, papers, like some kind of documents on a desk that you can zoom in on and see that the documents are related to some kind of shit, And then I heard another thing about there being like children holding uh, stuffed animals that are wearing bondage gear. Ooh. What is the Balenciaga imagery scandal? Let's find out. <clears throat> Here we go. The luxury fashion house Balenciaga has apologized over adverts that showed children holding teddy bears in bondage gears and others featuring documents about child sexual abuse law as a prop. So both things, both things I said were right. Okay. I feel like we're not but, going towards lit. <laughs> well, it's just complicated because, okay, like part of my brain goes to like, is this, was this meant to be social commentary and like some kind of expression of that, like around child sex trafficking and like sexualizing of children, in which case like that is sort of interesting to me because that commentary needs to be somewhere. I don't know that it needs to be in like fashion, but also I don't know. But I feel like that is also very generous, like of me to think that that might be the case. And if it purely was just to be provocative and sensationalize, you know, their brand using children in this way. I think that's pretty disgusting and vile, but it's also just capitalism. Like I'm not surprised by any of this because it's like, of course they're going to do what they can do to make the most money, which and is gross, but real. I have absolutely no intention of standing in defense of a designer fashion company of any sort. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't wear that shit. I'm not interested in that shit. I don't care about it, but, uh, like to your point, like I am kind of curious too. Like if there's, if there, what I'm curious about is like how well thought out is this, and how like who is yeah. thinking it? Because I know that uh, the one of the most recent times I heard about them, like outside of like a fucking like Yo Gotti song or you know like Gucci Man, you know people like rapping about 
having Balenciaga because it's you know. I know that. Well, I guess speaking of rappers, that's uh, when Kanye was like, "Oh, yo, I'm gonna go Deathcon uh, five on the Jews or whatever." When he started doing all that fucking Nazi shit, I feel like Balenciaga was the first company to drop him. So mm. I'm wondering if there might be a little bit of a fuck you in here too to the kind of people that support him and follow him, you know, because he's a very like he's a very QAnon adjacent kind of person now or a QAnon yeah figurehead type person. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I would be really interested to hear like from the designer's perspective, like what were what was behind those choices, which normally I would say that like artists don't necessarily have to explain, but because this is what happened, it would be really uh, illuminating to hear if there was something really intentional. And also like QAnon, like they will see that in anything. Like they'll, yeah. you know, like it doesn't mean it's there. I It is yeah. a big choice to put kids with teddy bears and butt, <laughs> but I can't see it as a metaphor for a lot of really harmful stuff. So I don't, I don't know. It's really... I don't yeah. know. There is no artist statement. It doesn't seem to be coming mm-hmm. out of this where they're like, oh, well, what we're saying is that's, you know. Which that's kind of weird, right? <laughs> like you'd think that if there was a intentionality, they would uh, hop to that. I I believe the intentionality is, it, I feel like it's it's such a meta thing. What's happening right now is we are the intentionality. Mm. I believe I believe that you and I having this conversation was the intentionality. If that's so. true, then I would say not lit. Not not lit. lit. Not fucking lit. Balenciaga. I'll never buy yeah. any of your slippers. I don't <laughs> even know. I'm so not a fashionista. Like I, I recognize the name, but I have no idea about what they make or like I'm wearing overalls right now. Like that's like my <laughs> fashion. I'm wearing orange overalls and like a giant coat in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> That's a statement. It's a statement. It's a statement. But it's not the look of someone who knows what Balenciaga is, really. I think a lot of like high fashion is ugly. Yeah, I think so. I don't know that the point is for it to not be, right? It's like. Yeah, like the Met Gala. Like everyone always looks like a fucking idiot at the Met Gala. Yeah, but in in pretty fun ways. I mean, it's not about looking good, right? It, It is about like the art of it. All yeah. which isn't always attractive. I do kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. So who are, who are you wearing? Are you like Oshkosh? The gosh. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing um, adult who doesn't want to grow up uh, in orange. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, all right, Balenciaga, you definitely landed on not lit. Uh, I guess jury's still out on the shame here yeah but but you guys seem like you're on a fine line so better better watch out yeah yeah mm-hmm. all right we're gonna be moving into uh more of a prescient type thing here where i'm gonna basically ask you to predict the future mm-hmm. i i hope that you are okay with that but i believe you can do it because okay. it's, it's not necessarily predicting the future it's like uh Using all of, uh, I mean, I guess that is what predicting the future is, but using all of the knowledge you already have about the subject and making the best projection you can. So, <clears throat> okay. James Cameron is back, baby, with Avatar 2. So, uh, we're actually recording this episode a few days before the theatrical release. So, okay. there's, there's no way you could have seen the movie yet unless mm-hmm. you know, unless you're friends with James Cameron. Are you? No. Oh, okay. Just curious. Anyway, (laughs) so you're going to have to prognosticate this decision. Avatar 2, will it be lit or will they be ashamed of themselves? May I I add a couple things just that might help you out here? Yeah. I I urge you to bear in mind, James Cameron is the director that brought us Terminator, Terminator 2, Aliens, Titanic, The Abyss. True lies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. So when you ask if it 
will be lit. Like, does that mean will it do well at the box office? Are you asking me about the actual quality of the film? Wow. I didn't really think about qualifying this question. I guess what I was asking you is, will I like it? Will you like (laughs) it? I mean, I feel like this is so dependent on if you're the kind of person that likes all those movies you listed just a second ago. I like all the movies I listed. (laughs) And you liked the first Avatar. Uh, It was probably one of my least favorite James Cameron films. Okay. But I don't know, man. I feel like he's back in the saddle here. Like, okay. He had had a quote that came out and he was like, they're like, are you worried people won't like Avatar 2? And he's like, he's like, I like it. And that's all that matters because anything I like, everyone will like. And I was just like, damn, that's wild. That's but you, you, well, you know, when Avatar one came out and people don't think about this very often, that was the highest grossing film of all time at wow. that time, defeating his last film, Titanic, which had before had been the highest grossing film of all time. So, I mean, James Cameron is a is a blockbuster king. Yeah, I think what I would estimate is that within the world of films like that it will probably be lit like if that's what if that's what you're wanting you're gonna get it yes yeah fuck yes all right guys you heard it here first avatar 2 is gonna be lit yes so excited i'm so excited (laughs) if you're someone who is not into that world it would probably not be lit to you. But what I would say then is that it's not really for you. Like, I don't think that movie is for me. I won't see it, but I totally appreciate that it's for a lot of other people and that it's probably done very well for for what it is trying to do. Yeah, for sure. I see what you're saying, for sure. And also, like, I mean, you're. I I love the way you put it. It's like, if that's what you want, it's going to be lit. And (laughs) (laughs) like, for me personally, um, Aliens is my second favorite film of all time. So, you know, I'm a big okay, James yeah, Cameron fan. Yeah, and, yeah. and Terminator 2 is definitely in my top 10 favorite films of all time. So I'm I'm going into this like heavily invested in, in what this man yeah, can do. <laughs> I feel like you're probably going to be satisfied. That's yeah. my guess. I mean, yeah, it's like I am like my like go to is like a dark, moody re- comedy about people's relationships and like <laughs> like generational trauma like that shit's not for me like i want them to be having really like complicated conversations in a highly like realistic way <laughs> so... oh like uh like muppet christmas carol exactly like muppet christmas carol <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i personally believe that muppet christmas carol is one of the greatest film adaptations of all time I and love i don't it. and i don't say that with any uh sarcasm whatsoever i truly mean that As a i totally fact, i agree i love i think that muppet i mean i love the muppets i love all the muppet movies i grew up watching them i'm obsessed and that movie is so fucking good it's just so good ellie can i tell you what my first favorite movie is because i told you my second favorite movie which is aliens what, what? my f- first favorite movie and i stand by this and i will always stand by this i think is muppet treasure island that's a good one that's a good one and and I and this and having said what I just said about Muppet Christmas Carol, I'll say this about Muppet Treasure Island. I believe that Muppet Treasure Island is the best film adaptation of all time from a book. Mm, wow! As a matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an announcement right now to everyone listening, everyone in, that checks out this podcast. I'm gonna do two episodes. I'm gonna do deep research level episodes to defend the two statements I just made and release. <sighs> Release them as two. I'm going to release one for Christmas for Christmas Carol, and I'm going to release a second one for episode 100. Uh, the numbers are all messed up because I did a season two, so this is like, but it'll be the hundredth one of these that I made. Yeah, so, that's announcement so fun. made. I love that. And I I, 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 I I knew if you came on this podcast, big stuff was going to happen, and it's already <laughs> and it did, <laughs> and it did. You know, I love. I can't say like top five, but one of my Okay, one of my top five favorite movies from childhood is um, The Great Muppet Caper. I just think that movie is a delight. It is perfect. It's so funny. Like, I feel like it perfectly encapsulates how those Muppet movies used adult humor 
in this way that still was able to appeal to children and it didn't matter that it went over their heads. They just were able to walk, the writers were able to walk that line so well. And I just, especially now as a person with kids, I really appreciate any time that um, writers of children's movies or TV shows can do that because I have to sit and watch too, you know? So I love it. I would, uh, I place uh, The Great Muppet Caper of third in my list of of how i list the muppet films so okay so it goes treasure island Island first uh christmas carol second and that's because it's you know it's just christmas carol so nostalgic you know it's like yeah yeah it's like it's it's something i can watch almost every christmas and always kind of enjoy it yeah Uh, totally caper third man and then it starts getting tough i'm actually you do it uh, do top five Muppet movies. Top five Muppet movies. Okay. Well, the my first one is The Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, After that is The Muppets Take Manhattan. Wow. I Classic. love that one. I mean, and part of that is like, I was like always obsessed with New York City. Like I wanted to be an actor and I, I like loved how they were like trying to make it on Broadway. It was just <laughs> also Joan Rivers <laughs> has a cameo and is so good. Um, After that is Great uh, is this is Christmas Carol? Um, I'm gonna confess something to you. It's it's. I I feel like you're gonna have a big reaction. I have not seen the Muppets Treasure Island. <gasps> oh my god! I thought my heart was gonna stop. Um, you know what? That's okay because it's accessible. It's something that you can easily uh, you can easily get. You can fix this. You can fix this hole in your life. I it's can. So because I I want to say this. Muppet Treasure Island, it is itself, it is a treasure. Okay. And the amount of joy, I mean, I don't want to like make any crazy bold statements, but it might rearrange how you have, uh, like where you okay. put your, the movies in your top five. Because uh, first of all, do you like Tim Curry? Yes. Love. Tim Curry plays Long John Silver. <gasps> and and I love Tim Curry and everything. I love him and everything he's in. He's a, He's a fantastic, amazing actor. My favorite role Tim Curry has ever performed was really? Long John Silver and Muppet Treasure Island. He, it's just the way that he interacts with these fucking Muppets with like that high theater and just unbelievable, just the, his, his level of humor is it's, I mean, it blows his Pennywise out of the fucking water. It's, <laughs> you know what, what about his, What about his Rocky horror picture show performance? Is it better it than that? Blows it out of the water that I don't I don't put them in the same like the, they're not even the same league this is what? this is I mean this I'm telling you this is this is his if he probably would not agree with me if if, if Tim Curry was listening he'd be like please shut the fuck up <laughs> saying Island is the best thing I've ever done but I'm telling you he's uh. he's so goddamn good in it I mean Tim he's, Curry yeah you can't you can't take your eyes from him he's just mesmerizing magnetic Kermit so good uh I'm actually Kermit just brought it well and he's well he's uh Captain Smollett the little boy that plays uh uh Jim Jim Hawkins he's okay. so that's a, that's a human he's great uh so many amazing uh Fozzie's great Gonzo is great Rizzo is th- this is actually one of Rizzo's best uh, okay so like they really really give Rizzo a lot of room to shine in this one I, I feel like he doesn't always get that he does get that in this one so. okay I am gonna watch it this week with my four-year-old and then I will message you and let you know what I think I promise and, and I mean as oftentimes Muppet films are it's a musical love the it music the musical numbers just I mean they're ugh. so good Okay. Oh, I'm, t- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is my favorite movie of all time. That's why I speak about it this way. Okay. I, you know what? I just love that we're spending so much time on the Muppets. It really feels right <laughs> to me. And I'm not kidding at all. I just love it. And I will, I'm going to say something controversial too about my list. You know what I'm going to fucking put on there? The what? Muppet movie that came out not long ago. It must have been like 10 years ago or something that Jason Siegel made with Tina Fey. No, I don't think Tina Fey was in it. Amy Adams was in it, I think. Do oh, you know about this? I was thinking Muppets, the one where they were Kermit was in the gulag and Tina Fey's the... Uh... No, hold on a second. Now I'm going to look something up because 
I okay. I love Jason Siegel. Um, oh, and I, I was thinking. I was thinking of uh, Muppets Most Wanted. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, I haven't seen that. Okay, oh. Muppets. Jason Siegel. So in 2011, he made a film called The Muppets, and it's amazing. And I feel like I, you know, it was a big lift because the Muppets are so beloved, and you're kind of like a new school person coming in, loving puppets. You're like, yeah. I'm going to make a Muppet movie. I thought he nailed it. I thought it was so good. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and put that on my list as well. All right. While while we're doing uh, confessions about Muppet films that are, you know, a lot of people will disagree with. You know what I'm going to throw in my top five? What? A lot of people don't. A lot of people I feel like haven't seen this one, but it is uh, Muppet Wizard of Oz. Have not seen it. Okay. First of all. So many people are in it. Uh, Ashanti plays uh, Dorothy. Quentin Tarantino is in it. His his scene is so, so good. Quentin Tarantino is awesome in it. And uh, another person, another Muppet that doesn't get to shine a lot is, do you know the the prawn? Like the giant, the shrimp guy? Yeah, I think so. He is Toto and he is okay. just, obviously Miss Piggy is the Wicked Witch of the West. So good. So, so good. I, I would watch that. Yeah. I recommend it to anyone and everyone. So, but I'm so glad that you're going to share uh Muppet Treasure Island with your four-year-old. I it you're gonna you're gonna be happy. I, I hope I, she likes it. Yeah. I predict it. She's really like she's very stubborn and it's hard right now to get her to watch anything except Spider-Man. Like she's just she's focused on it and she sometimes bursts into tears if we propose watching anything else but i'm gonna find her <laughs> in a moment of weakness <laughs> and i'm gonna put it on once the music starts once the songs start she's gonna be carried away to a land of treasure okay an, I I, an, I, an island of treasure <laughs> i want to watch it today i'm excited ellie i've got one thing i have to tell you okay we are getting dangerously close to the lightning round oh my god so, okay uh, I'm sorry. I have to grab this co-producer Colleen. I act like I have all these um, <laughs> people that work. I do have a co-producer Colleen, and she did come in and she wrote this lightning round. She's right there. Uh, okay. Uh, she came in. Well, you weren't. Uh, she came in halfway through and dropped this off and then left. Okay. Okay. Uh, but she wrote today's lightning round. Um, I'll explain to you how the lightning round works. Every episode we do this, I ask you a bunch of questions super fast. You don't have any time to think. You just uh, gut reaction, and that's okay. how it goes. Every single one's different. And I didn't write this, so I have no idea. I have no idea what I'm asking you. We're gonna find out by checking it out now. Some people get very easy ones. Some people get very hard ones. Ooh, okay. you got a Mad Lib. I love when people get a Mad Ooh, Lib. Ooh, Mad Libs. Okay. <laughs> it's called the Shamesful, <laughs> the Shameful Spiral: A Mad Lib Story by co-producer Colleen and co-written by Ellie Krimendal. Ooh, uh, okay. So all I told her, all she knew, was that you had a podcast called the Shame Spiral Podcast. That's all mm -hmm. she had to go on. So are you ready to get started? I'm ready. All right. I have a feeling you're going to win. Uh, first one, name. Just any name. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just say things like name, uh, name, noun, verb, and then we, and then it matters. Okay, out. gotcha, gotcha. Okay, Rudy. That's a good name. Rudy Giuliani. Uh, <laughs> adjective. Um, sm smelly. Is that an adjective? Yes. Okay. And it's a good one. Okay. Uh, ooh, main character's name. So this needs to be different than Rudy. Okay, uh, Tatiana. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm being told by co-producer Colleen. Main character's name is the first name. Okay, never mind. It's Rudy again. Thank you. Oh, okay. It's just I'm glad Rudy. she was. I'm glad she was walking by and heard that. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Okay. Rudy. Bye, Tatiana. <laughs> Bye, Tatiana. <laughs> You're cut. I, I barely knew you. Uh, plural noun. Plural noun. Um, um, trailers. Trailers. Plural noun. Bananas. Bananas. Verb. Uh, wrestle. That's a good one. Okay, main character of the name. That's Rudy. <laughs> Do you have any idea that we were going to be throwing Rudy, Rudy in this this much? I didn't. Uh, feeling. Um, agitated. That's a good one. Oh, this is quite a Mad Lib. Okay. <laughs> Substance. Uh, goo. That's good. Rudy goes here. Rudy goes here. Shape. Octagon. You're killing it on these. These are very creative. <laughs> uh, Ru Rudy goes here. Rudy is all over the place. All right. Adjective. Restless. Restless. 
Wait, my... is that an adjective? For Restless. some reason, I'm like yeah. not rem- like I'm ha- yes. struggling with the adjectives right now. Okay. Think of think of uh, young and the restless. It's right. Two, adge- two adjectives. Uh, restless. Yeah. Yeah. It was my grandma's favorite uh, soap opera when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, I hope my mom doesn't listen to this because she is an English teacher and she'll be like, I, I, I'm just so ashamed. Oh, you know what? I fucked speaking of. Oh, your mom's listening. Sorry. I didn't. Fuck no, up. I hope I, she doesn't. Please. I, she listens I, to my I, podcast and I say way worse things. <laughs> so don't apologize. I mess up. Uh, that wasn't Rudy that goes there. The question is Marvel character. Oh, oh, I don't watch Marvel movies. Um, Sp- you said you watched Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Okay. Yeah. Spider-Man. You didn't know Spider-Man was Marvel. I'm Sorry. really not. I, I just know I didn't and, now. I, I mean, I kind of did, but not top of mind. Okay. We have both learned so much. So much. Well, there's so much to learn from each other. All right. Uh, color. Uh, green. Noun. Wart. Wart. Mm-hmm. Plural noun. Plural noun. Um, uh, infections. <laughs> infections. And plural noun. Tree houses. That's a really good one. I'm so excited to see what the story is. Me too. How shameful it might be. Verb. Uh, steal. That's a good one. Uh, oh, this is Rudy. Exclamation. Uh, by George. So good. <laughs> Sorry, turning the page. All right, we're coming in hot. We're coming in super okay. hot to the end here. All right, verb. Nullify. That's a good-ass verb. Feeling. Uh, obsessed. Are you like a literary person? Yeah, I'm a writer. Okay. Because <laughs> you've just got like the best words. All right, adjective. <laughs> um, uh, adjective. A malevolent malevolent and then this is spider-man again <clears throat> all right almost done occupation uh er doctor er doctor number 27 and number uh 102 and criminals criminals oh, no animals i'm sorry oh <laughs> this is all this is this is handwritten <laughs> okay animals um kangaroos kangaroos i've got good news we have just finished writing this mad Yay! Lib. so okay. let's read it <clears throat> from the start the shameful spiral a mad lib story by co-producer colleen co-written by ellie Crimendall. <clears throat> once there was a girl named rudy who was in the seventh grade which we all know is a very smelly time in life one day rudy was walking down the hallway at school and she tripped in front of everyone and dropped all her trailers and the fuck did you write did i write here bananas bananas (laughs) on the floor everyone wrestle rudy was so embarrassed (laughs) and also agitated that she blacked (laughs) out all of a sudden her world was spinning and she felt like she was in a black hole made of goo (laughs) then spider-man appeared out of nowhere and said rudy Come with me. I'll help you get out of this shame octagon. Rudy (laughs) thought this was very restless, but felt like she had no other choice. She took Spider-Man's hand, and the next thing she knew, they had transported to another dimension where everything was green and made out of wart. (laughs) (laughs) Then they transported to another dimension where it was full of infection, infections and tree houses that could steal Rudy. (laughs) <laughs> they could steal. Okay. Rudy yelled, by George, and closed her eyes tightly. Next thing she knew, she was back in the hallway at school, and all the other students were nullified. Instead of paying attention to her, she was so obsessed about her malevolent adventure with Spider-Man that she forgot all about falling down in the hallway. She graduated at the top of her class and went on to become an ER doctor <laughs> and made $27 a year and had a <laughs> And had 102 pet kangaroos and was very happy. Oh, good for you, Rudy. Ellie, I only have one last question for you, but it's the most important question of the entire day. There's there's no question I could ask you that's more important than this. Okay. And that is, okay, uh, where can everybody check you out? Your comedy, your podcast, your uh, things you write, all, all, all the stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, you can always follow me on TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. I'm often posting uh, jokes and videos and all that. And it's all across all platforms. It's at Ellie Kremendahl, um, which my name is like kind of a mess to spell. So I'm sure you'll have it like in the show 
in the oh, show yeah. description or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, so that's that. And then um, please listen to my podcast. It's called Shame Spiral. It's at Pod Shame Spiral on Twitter and Instagram. And you can listen on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts and like everywhere. And then um, I'm working on some, you know, TV pilots right now, but nothing anybody can read, uh, nothing that's like being produced <laughs> right now or anything. But um, I'm also going to be performing some stand up soon. Let me just look up when it is. Um, I'm opening for one of my favorite comedians, Jenny Hogan, um, on Tuesday, January 24th at caveat in new york city so if you want to see me live you can come there and see me open for the marvelous Ginny. okay and guys if you're in new york go check it out if you're not in new york get a plane ticket right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah or or make it a road trip that could be fun too or take a bus which would be less fun but fine yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> ellie it's been so great uh, learning and growing with you today. Thank you for uh, everything you do. And thank you for being here. Thank you, Doug. It was so fun, genuinely.